Today on the John Ankerberg Show, why are many physicists concluding that the evidence of fine-tuning in our universe points to a fine-tuner or an intelligent designer, namely God, who's behind it all? Today, we will begin with the scientific discovery of cosmic fine-tuning, which scientists believe is very persuasive because the fundamental parameters of the universe fall within very narrow ranges or tolerances. For example, if the force of gravity were a little stronger or a little weaker, life and the chemical basis of life would be impossible. Second, if the force causing the expansion of the universe were a little stronger or a little weaker, we'd either have a heat death of the universe and have a cold, dead universe or we'd get in a big crunch where the force would be too weak and gravity would cause a recollapse of our universe and none of us would be here. We will also critique those who object to the fine-tuning argument by proposing a theory known as the multiverse hypothesis. My guest today is Dr. Stephen Meyer, who received his PhD in the philosophy of science from Cambridge University in England, and his book, the Return of the God Hypothesis is a USA Today national bestseller. Join us for this special edition of The John Ackerberg Show. Welcome to our program today. We're glad that you joined us. And uh, I'm John Ackerberg, and my guest today is philosopher of science, Dr. Stephen Meyer, who received his PhD from Cambridge in England. And Dr. Meyer has just published his USA Today National best-selling book, Return of the God Hypothesis, which explains how recent scientific discoveries support belief in God. It's a tremendous book. I've got almost every line in it underlined and uh, read it four times so far. In our last program together, Stephen, you explained to us that the physical parameters of our universe are finely tuned to allow for the existence of life, and you showed us why many physicists have concluded, I want you to prove this in a little bit, have concluded that this evidence of fine-tuning suggests a fine-tuner or an intelligent designer who's behind it all. That's our whole point of doing these programs. We believe that there is. The name is God, all right? Today we're going to look at some objections to this argument. We know there's a lot of folks that are watching that would say, I don't believe that. They might have missed some of the other problems we were talking about. We're going to give them more scientific evidence today, all right? For intelligent design that's based upon the discovery, and we're going to talk about the cosmic fine-tuning, including the most popular major alternative that we always hear on the radio or television or on the Internet, the explanation for fine-tuning known as the multiverse hypothesis. How many times have you heard that one? But first, Stephen, let's briefly review the fine-tuning evidence. Can you tell us what scientists mean by cosmic fine-tuning and give us a few examples of it? Yeah, right, absolutely. By fine-tuning, physicists mean that many fundamental parameters of the universe fall within very narrow ranges or tolerances, such that if, for example, the force of gravity were a little stronger or a little weaker, the chemical basis of life would be impossible. Or if the masses of the elementary particles were a little 
heavier or a little lighter, same thing, we wouldn't get basic chemistry off the ground. Or if the force causing the expansion of the universe that we were talking about in previous episodes about when we were discussing the Big Bang, if that force were a little stronger, or a little weaker, we'd either have a heat death of the universe where all the matter and energy dissipated throughout the universe uh, and we'd have a, a cold dead universe or we'd get a big crunch where the force would be too weak and gravity would cause a recollapse of the universe and we'd all be in a black hole, which is to say we all would not be at all. So you have these multiple parameters that have to fall within these very narrow ranges and they do so against all odds and for, for no underlying physical reason. There's no underlying physical theory that explains why the parameters have these specific contingent values that they have. Um, and the values are extremely improbable It's because it's such a tiny range out of a natural range of possibilities. So you have multiple parameters that are highly improbable, but yet jointly work together to make life possible in the universe, which in the minds of many physicists has suggested intuitively a designing mind behind it all, making life in the universe possible. Now folks, here's a question for a lot of you that are in our audience that are watching today. How has the discovery of the fine tuning affected what some physicists who before didn't believe in God, how did it affect their thinking that now they do believe in God, the God question? Well, it's a really a fascinating story, a story of late 20th century science as these fine tuning parameters were one by one being discovered. And again, against all odds and for no underlying physical reason, uh, many physicists were either shifting from a, a materialist or atheist worldview to a more theistic worldview, or were acknowledging that these discoveries were creating a great deal of cognitive dissonance for them. One atheist physicist, George Greenstein, said that the thought that some supernatural agency must be involved in, he said, it insistently arises. He couldn't get it out of his mind, right. but he didn't want to embrace it. Uh, and perhaps the most dramatic example of this was the shift in view that the discovery of the fine-tuning produced for the famous Cambridge astrophysicist Sir Fred Hoyle. Hoyle discovered a number of these fine-tuning parameters as we discussed in the previous e uh, episode. He was initially a very staunch and even strident atheist and eventually uh, came to the view that that, as he put it, the uh, common sense interpretation of this fine-tuning evidence suggests that a super intellect has monkeyed with physics and chemistry in order to make life possible. Yeah, so chemistry and biology. And you have a, a, a number of younger physicists, Luke Barnes from Australia, has written a fascinating book called Fortunate Universe, and he defends a theistic design hypothesis or inference as the best explanation of the fine-tuning. And, uh, and so I think that's an intellectual trend that has developed in the last 50 to 60 years within physics of a greater openness to theism because of a discovery, a scientific discovery that's occurred within physics itself. Yeah, that's why I love your book because you give a lot of the stories of the fellows that were staunch atheists like Sir Frederick Hoyle and uh, then they made just as strong statements on the other side when they came out after looking at the evidence for fine-tuning and all of those stories are unbelievable. Uh, doesn't mean a lot of them are believing Christians, but it does mean that they recognize that there's some kind of super intellect that did this in the universe. That's why things are operating the way they are. Yeah, I call that the God hypothesis, that many physicists have come to a 
basic form of theism as a result of their scientific discoveries. Some, for example, uh, Sir John Polkinghorne, another great Cambridge physicist, had a complete religious conversion and became a Christian and eventually an Anglican priest. Uh, Professor Barnes in Australia is also um, a very religious person. But many of the physicists have come to a kind of basic or rudimentary form of theism as a result of the scientific discoveries without knowing exactly what their religious point of view is in, in the totality of issues that they could address by thinking about religion. Yeah. Now, of course, there have been alternative explanations for the fine-tuning evidence. I mean, they, there's dozens of them, okay? They've been proposed, and they don't include a fine-tuner, and they challenge the idea of intellect and design. I've heard your debates, and it seems like everybody's got a new one when they come after you. Can you tell us about one of them called the weak anthropic principle, and how has it been used to explain the fine-tuning? Yeah, sure. This was kind of the original go-to atheistic counter-argument to the theistic argument based on fine-tuning. And it was uh, basically the idea that, well, of course the universe is finely tuned to allow for the possibility of life. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here to observe the universe or to be alive. But we are alive, so obviously the universe had to be fine-tuned, so there's really nothing there to explain. That's sort of intuitively plausible, except it also has a problem, and that is that it doesn't really explain what needs explaining. It confuses a necessary condition of our existence, which is the fine-tuning, with an explanation of the origin of the fine-tuning, uh, a causal explanation of the origin of the fine-tuning. We still want to know how did the universe get to be fine-tuned, and why is it that the fine-tuning parameters, the conditions of our existence, are so incredibly improbable? We could live in a universe where the conditions of our existence were uh, extremely likely, and, and therefore uh, it wouldn't be so puzzling. So there is something there to explain, and there's a great uh, philosopher of science named John Leslie who has developed an illustration to show what's wrong with this weak anthropic principle way of reasoning. He says, imagine you're a member of the resistance during World War II and you've been caught plotting against the Fuhrer. And the Gestapo come and collect you one morning. They put you up against a wall. You're facing a firing squad of 100 Nazi marksmen. The command is given, ready, aim, fire in German, and the bullets fly. You're blindfolded. It's all over. You're still alive. You take the blindfold off. You turn around and you look. and the bullets perfectly circumscribe the shape of your body, but none have hit you. Now, what do you infer? Do you say, well, you know, uh, if all the Nazi marksmen hadn't missed, I wouldn't be here to even think about it. So there's nothing to explain as to why they missed. Or would you perhaps infer instead that the Nazi marksmen were also part of the resistance and that they meant to miss? Which is a better explanation in that circumstance? Right. There certainly is still something to explain. Why did the 100 marksmen all miss in a precisely the way that preserved your life? And in the same way, the weak anthropic principle confuses a necessary condition of our existence, which is the fine-tuning parameters, or by analogy, that all the marksmen miss, with an explanation as to why they missed or why the fine-tuning parameters arose. That still needs to be explained. And Leslie argues, as do I, that the best explanation is that there was intentionality behind it. There was intelligent design. Let's take the opposite. What about the strong 
anthropic principle? Well, this one's a little bit wackier. It's the idea of an observer-dependent universe. You ever heard the old saw from sophomore philosophy, if a tree falls in the forest and there's no one there to hear it, does it make a sound? One answer to that question is no. You have to have an observer uh, or a listener to hear the sound. Uh, and physicists have applied that same kind of reasoning to the universe, and they've said, well, unless there are observers, the universe would not exist. And since we need the universe to be fine-tuned to produce life and human observers, the, the universe must have been fine-tuned from the beginning, but the cause of that fine-tuning is the observers who confer existence on the universe. Uh, so that's the observer-dependent universe idea where the observer who arises billions of years after the beginning of the universe when, it, when the fine-tuning was set is the ultimate cause of the fine-tuning at the beginning. That has an obvious problem, which is the cause is coming long after the effect, and that's not the way cause and effect work. Causes produce effects and therefore precede them. While that had a certain sort of cachet as an exotic hypothesis in physics, most uh, physicists have rejected that uh, roundly as incoherent. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about the current go-to alternative materialistic explanation for the fine-tuning, and that's the multiverse. What is the multiverse hypothesis, and how does it purport to explain the origin of the cosmic fine-tuning that we see all around us? Well, the multiverse hypothesis is, is the idea that there are billions and billions and billions of other universes out there, causally disconnected from our own. After all, universe is a self-contained system. And that there are so many of these other universes, each with their own set of fine-tuning parameters and each set of initial conditions, that a universe with just the right combination of parameters would have had to arise somewhere. Even if it's very improbable, there's enough universes to render it probable somewhere, and we just happen to be in that lucky universe. And an extension of that idea is sometimes called the observer selection effect, the idea that we mistakenly perceive design in the highly improbable ensemble of parameters that make life possible, not realizing that we're only observing one universe among this grand ensemble in the greater multiverse. Yeah. Where did it originate? In other words, if you can describe how this originated, who dreamed it up? Well, the multiverse is a consequence of a couple of different speculative cosmological models. Speculative is the key word, I think. Yeah, they, they each have their own force and their own possible explanatory power within their own domains. One is called the inflationary cosmology, which is still quite popular with a lot of cosmologists. And the other is called string theory. And string theory is a theory about the fundamental units of matter, little vibrating strings. And for different theoretical reasons, um, I, people have proposed that these two models of, of first cosmology and the other reality imply the existence or possible existence of other universes. In the case of inflationary cosmology, all of the basic parameters of, of physics, the, the strength of the fundamental forces, for example, would be the same in all the different universes that emerge. But as the universe expands and spits off new universes, which is the, one of the ideas of inflationary cosmology, you get a new set of initial conditions. So that would explain part, 
but not all of the fine-tuning that needs to be explained. In string theory, it's a little more complicated, we won't go into it all here, but it's yep. in the book. String theory would provide a possible explanation for the fine-tuning of the laws and constants of physics, but not initial conditions. So to explain everything that, for example, Something's the, the God hypothesis explains, the single postulate of a transcendent mind explains, the multiverse needs to combine these two speculative cosmologies, one based on inflationary cosmology, one based on string theory, to explain both classes of fine-tuning. And that in turn requires positing a whole host of a purely abstract theoretical postulates or entities. You have to believe that strings exist. You have to believe that there are multiple dimensions of space beyond the four dimensions of space and time that we know. You have to posit what's called an inflaton field within the inflationary cosmological model. And in the book I detail the, the ten or so different theoretical postulates that have to be formulated or believed in in order to make these two cosmological models an adequate explanation for the fine-tuning. And then I compare that list of ten things that you must believe to the one simple postulate of a transcendent intelligence and argue by Occam's razor that theistic design provides a more parsimonious or more simple explanation for the fine-tuning than does the multiverse because you need these two speculative cosmological models and all the separate theoretical postulates that are part of those models to explain what the one postulate of theistic design explains very simply and elegantly. Your listeners may remember that Occam's razor is the idea that all other things being equal, in science we should prefer the simplest explanation, whereby simple we mean one that does not multiply explanatory entities, does not needlessly uh, posit the existence of things that we can't detect in order to explain things we can. All right, Steve, you eloquently answered the question, but let's answer the question from my mother because she might have missed some things there. Let's ask it this way. Why is intelligent design, first of all, define what intelligent design is, but why is it better than all of these other theories that we've been talking about? Intelligent design is the idea that there are certain features of life in the universe that are better explained by reference to the action of a designing mind or intelligence as opposed to the powers of undirected material processes. In the case of the fine-tuning, I've argued in my new book that there are reasons to prefer a theistic intelligent design hypothesis over and against the go-to atheistic hypothesis, which today is the idea of the multiverse. And there are two main reasons for that. First, a theistic design hypothesis is a much simpler explanation than the multiverse. In the multiverse, you have to posit all those billions and billions of other universes, mm -hmm. but you also have to posit lots of other theoretical entities, some based on string theory, some based on uh, the inflationary cosmology. So theistic design, which posits one single entity, the idea of a transcendent mind, as opposed to this multiplicity of theoretical postulates, it en ends up providing a simpler explanation. But the more, even more fundamental reason to prefer intelligent design over the multiverse is the multiverse doesn't actually explain the fine-tuning. It doesn't provide an ultimate explanation for the fine-tuning, and here's why. The multiverse really only works as an explanation for the extreme improbability of the fine-tuning parameters. If there is some interaction between the different universes, but if the universes are causally disconnected one from another, then anything that happens in one universe 
will have no effect on another universe, including whatever process it was that set the fine-tuning parameters in the first place. So in virtue of that, multiverse advocates have proposed what are called universe-generating mechanisms, some underlying physical or causal mechanism that would spit out lots of universes over time so that there's an underlying common cause of all the universes and they can portray our universe as the uh, kind of lucky winner in a giant cosmic lottery. Now that's where the rub comes in because it turns out that the mechanisms that the multiverse advocates have proposed for generating universes, where some did, based on string theory, where did it come some from? based mm -hmm. on inflationary cosmology, themselves require prior unexplained fine-tuning, taking us right back to where we started with, with a set of unexplained fine-tuning parameters. And yet in our experience, our uniform and repeated experience, any system that has the characteristic that we define as being finely tuned, whether it's a French recipe or an internal combustion engine or the setting on a radio dial or digital code in a computer, any system that's finely tuned, in our experience, always arises from an intelligent source. And by fine-tuning, again, we mean an ensemble of highly improbable parameters that work together to accomplish some discernible function or significant outcome. And that's exactly what we have in the fine-tuning parameters. Since they're not ultimately explained by the multiverse hypothesis, I've argued that the best explanation for the cosmic fine-tuning is intelligent design, the same type of explanation that we would routinely invoke to explain fine-tuning when we encounter it in our ordinary experience. Yep. Quickly, there's been a lot of people that are atheists, agnostics, that have been on the other side, okay? And this fine-tuning evidence, as well as all of the evidence we've been talking about before we got there, and we're going to talk about the human body and the DNA cell, people have admitted that they have changed sides. Doesn't mean they've become Christians, but they've become at least theists. They believe in God, or there's an intelligent designer. Kind of tell the folks, approximately, what are you seeing in this area of people changing their mind because they're looking at the scientific evidence? Well, one thing that's very striking is what very devout atheists say about this yes. exact argument. Christopher Hitchens said this was for him, the strongest reason to consider belief in God, and he found it a very significant intellectual challenge to his atheistic position. I actually don't think it's the strongest argument for intelligent design or for the God hypothesis by itself, and we'll talk about some of the things that right. have been discovered in biology that I think provide even more compelling evidence of design. Right. But it is interesting that even people who are very committed to an atheistic worldview have acknowledged the force of this argument, and there are many among among uh, top physicists. There are many theists today who see the fine-tuning as a very strong reason in support of their worldview. Folks, I hope that you've enjoyed this information because you can hear it all over the internet, you can hear it on television, and it's like there's no other position. And today you're hearing the intelligent design position, and I think it's very, very strong. Next week we're going to look at the third major scientific discovery, maybe the strongest of the 20th century, and that points to the intelligent design and supports in conjunction with the discoveries we've been talking about in physics and cosmology, what Stephen calls the return of the God hypothesis, and here's where it is, and that discovery is the discovery 
and you, you'll love this when you see it, the discovery of digital information encoded in the DNA molecule of every living creature on Earth. That means encoded in you. So I hope that you'll join us, but uh, please stay tuned.